When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, the podcast about two skeptics forced to podcast about conspiracy theories, paranormal activity, and all things bizarre. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Art! Hello. Hello. Nice to see you. Welcome to the bunker. Yeah, well, oh, well, thank you, Andy. Thank you for welcoming me to the bunker that I am also at. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Back again, friends in the bunker. <laughs> Do I sing a song every time we get <laughs> you, together? You've, I think for the past couple of weeks, you've been singing a tune. I'm singing a tune. I got a song in my heart. Yeah. And a smile on my face. And a skip in your step. And a skip in my step. Or is that your limp? And a murmur in my heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you got to get that checked out. <laughs> Do I ever? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> listeners, I was faking passing out just now. <laughs> yeah. A great prank, listeners. If yeah. you're out there uh, and you want to prank somebody, uh, it's called Theater of the Mind. <laughs> get to know it. Get to love it. <laughs> Andy. Uh, Art. Yeah. How are you feeling? Hair's getting long, huh? My hair? Yeah. Your hair's getting long. Yeah, it's really long. I need to get a haircut. Yeah, it was if the pot called in the kettle black here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you've got a you've got a you get a bit of a party in the back going on. Oh boy, do I ever! <laughs> and a funeral in the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I like to describe my hair: is funeral in the front, party in the back, and binge drinking in the sideburns. <laughs> I guess that relates. There's a lot of activity in my head. <laughs> Staying home and watching Netflix. Yeah. On the uh the top. Netflix and grill. <laughs> um anyway, uh listeners, uh Art, you seem like you have something to say. Do you? What? You seem like you have something to say. Oh yeah. do you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, we always have something to say. Mm. Obviously, you know, listeners, uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Oh, welcome. Thank you for this being This is here. a podcast about two skeptics, uh, Andy and, and I. Right. Yeah, and uh, every week we get abducted by the titular Mr. Bunker. We get brought to his secret underground doomsday bunker, and then he forces us to podcast, research, and review uh, various conspiracy theories, paranormal activity, all things bizarre, et cetera, et cetera. This is no It's different. redundant to say et cetera twice. Is it? Yeah. I feel like it's just kind of a colloquial... Yeah, but it's redundant. It is redundant. It's like saying also, also. Okay. And on and on and on. You know on. what, Andy? You're being a bit of a party pooper. Mm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say that. It's my haircut. Well. Or lack thereof. You know, I was playing with the uh, ball and cup. 
that uh, Bunker keeps down yeah, here. Yeah, okay, the, yeah. It's one of the few pieces of entertainment that he keeps down here in the bunker. Yeah, and it's fun. It's the cup and the ball, and uh, you were trying to cut the string. You weren't having it. You're being a bit of a party pooper today. That's true. What's your record on that thing? Zero. Never made it in. I'm still, I'm going to get there. It's a small cup and a large, and a ball. <laughs> it's almost, yeah, it's quite large. Yeah. Um, it's like trying to get, yeah, it's like trying to pass a kidney stone. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, <laughs> is what it feels like trying to get that thing in that fucking cup. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's definitely like calcium passing through your urethra <laughs> trying to play with that. Anyway, listeners, uh, every week we like to share how Mr. Bunker captured us this week. We like to let you know how we got here. We like to let you in on the fun. So Andy, how'd you get here? All right, so I went to the grocery store today. A lot, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying that a lot of your captures come from the grocery store. The grocery store. Maybe you want to start avoiding it. I should. uh, A lot of grocery delivery services nowadays. I like Peapot a lot. We've both used. Uh, But sometimes you have, you have an emergency. You just need, you need something right away. When I have an emergency, like when I broke my arm, I went immediately to the grocery store. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And today was no different. I had a massive hemorrhage (laughs) in my abdomen. And so I went to the grocery store to look for some onions. And uh, (laughs) while I was at the grocery store, you know, it's, um, we're getting into the summertime here. Yeah. There's a lot of good looking produce at the store. Does that produce look good? And do you have you that ever been fucking drizzle and that sweat coming off of those uh, <laughs> drizzle apples? of sweat? Yeah, you could tell. Beads. You could tell somebody that worked there sweated into a rag and then drizzled it onto the, the food. It's not just naturally occurring condensation. Somebody sweated on it. You could <laughs> smell the musk. It looks so good. <laughs> so enticing. Uh, well, you ever been to a store where they put it like out in front of the market? They got like uh, like a like a wooden pallet and like on top of it's like a giant cardboard box full of fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, sometimes you get some pretty good some pretty good deals. On You're this always fruit. looking for a deal. Yeah, yeah. I I want to I want to get a, a good deal. Right. Um. So there was a big box of watermelons. Oh, out there. And who doesn't love what a, a summertime treat? Yeah. Watermelons are great. So I'm like, you know, checking the melons. I'm like doing that do, do, do thing. I don't even know if you're supposed to do that or not, but what are you, 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 you made a motion like you were typing on a old school keyboard, <laughs> but, but, but do, do, do. yeah, but I'm wearing gloves while boxing gloves <laughs> while doing it. No, you know how you'd like knock on the outside oh, of the melon to, to knock hear on the, it. the hollowness of the sound. Okay. Uh, and that's supposed to tell you if it's ripe. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm doing that and, uh, you know, I'm like reaching into the box, bent over as it were into the box. And then all of a sudden, um, I fall into the box of watermelons. You fall in. I fall. I was pulled in. Okay. That's right. Mr. Bunker dressed up like a giant box of watermelons. Oh my God. He, he made a helmet out of a watermelon he hollowed it out and put it on him, and he had a whole bodysuit made of uh, watermelons. Wow. And he got me trapped inside this watermelon box. And then wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it, uh, all of a sudden, 
a little forklift comes and picks up that wooden pallet and puts it on a truck. A little forklift, huh? The forklift comes by, picks up that pallet, and slides it onto a truck. Next thing you know, here I am. Jeez. And you didn't even get any watermelon. He got a friend. He got a friend? Somebody else drove the forklift. He wow. he subdued me in the water with the watermelon. Wow. So Mr. Bunker has friends. A, a, friend, connection. a friend. This could have been a person that he paid off as well. It right. could have just been a... Or he could have been a worker at the grocery store loading a box of watermelons to a bo- into a truck. And maybe he paid off the truck driver or something. Yeah. So or stole the truck. Yeah. Jeez. So, I mean... He wouldn't, he wouldn't divulge any details. Yeah. But he held me close the whole truck ride in the box of watermelons. And you can't get out because those melons are heavy. Yeah. I was underneath the melons. Yeah. Boy. You're real. Well, you know, you know what they say. Can't trust a pig with watermelons. Can't trust a pig with watermelons. You're a fucking pig. (laughs) And I learned my lesson. (laughs) um andy hey art how did you get here this week yeah yeah, yeah. uh andy you already said it's getting towards those summertime months and uh summertime loving is in the air some some summer your love summer for those beach boys fans out there keeping the summer alive go ahead the summer is a time for love and Andy, and uh, this summer is no different because I've got so many weddings to go to. Mm, this this year is the summer of 69. <laughs> a lot of 69ing going on between those brides and those grooms. You better believe it. On their wedding nights, because they've all waited. They've all waited to 69. They've all waited. You should, listeners. Sacred 69ing. Sacred 69ing is something that Andy and I firmly believe in. Don't 69 until you've been married. Save save 69ing for marriage. Yes. 69ing should only between be between a married couple. Premarital sex. Just okay. Just do it safely. Do it safely. 69ing should only be the bond between two married people. That's right. Now, or Andy, more married people. When you go to a wedding, you got to look good. If you're you got to look better than the bride and you sure as hell got to look better than the groom. <laughs> yeah. If there's one goal as a wedding guest, it's to look better than anybody getting Or married. any other kind of marriage. You yeah. just, you want to look, you know, you want to look better than, um, you want to make sure you're, you're looking better than the married couple. Yeah. That's the, that's important. It's not their fucking day. It's our day. They invited us. It's don't make me a guest yeah. unless you want me to make it about myself. So I got to go and I got to get my suit tailored. Cause you know, Andy, sure. I've, you know, my my waist size and my thigh size has uh, it's gone up. I'm not as slender as I used to be. Now, he's been bulking, folks. I am in a constant state of bulking. <laughs> Constantly trying to put on weight, and it uh, sits naturally in my lower section. Regardless, I had to get my suit tailored. Had to get new pants. Yeah. Um, I go in, and uh, so my, I get my suit tailored, and I go in to pick it up. And I try it on in the changing room. I was like, damn, this suit feels a little heavy. I think, well, maybe they did something. Maybe they added some extra fabric. Maybe they padded it in some way or something. Who they knows? made it they made it like a weighted material. Yeah. A different to ease material. Your anxiety. That anxiety about what? In general. Social anxiety. <laughs> what how does weighted material help with that? <laughs> 
That's what they say is uh, like you a weighted a, blanket. A weighted blanket. Yeah. I don't like that feeling. I feel claustrophobic. Mm, interesting. I sleep with very minimal blankets. Mm. Anyway, that's my sleeping pattern. Uh, so I try on this. All right. <laughs> Next week, the conspiracy of art sleeping. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm walking out of the suit place okay. and uh, I, I realize my suit is hugging me tighter and tighter. Wouldn't you know it? It's goddamn bunker. So wait, you tried the suit on and then you wore the suit out? Yeah. So you just carried out the other clothes that you wore yep. into the tailors? That's 100% what happened. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to look good. And wouldn't you know it? He sewed himself into my suit. Wait. He sewed himself in? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. He sewed himself in. Or did the tailor do it too? I don't know. Maybe he could he's have, friends with this tailor. Maybe, maybe this tailor is this this friend that he has. Ooh. We don't know, but he sewed himself into my suit and then he just walked me off. Just walked away with me. <laughs> so he just walked just, away and I was control, I was he, I was helpless. I he was controlled. In, ah! he, yeah, he like you know how you do with like a he little was kid. Like, he was like coiled and then he expanded. Yeah. And so then the suit was just him. And then you were... It's like we were both wearing the same suit. You were like just sewed to him. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And there was nothing I could do. So he took a tie and he gagged and blindfolded me. It'd be like if you swallowed a larger person than yourself because they were made small by a shrinking ray and then they expanded while they were inside your body. Without, except right, except that scenario, you probably get ripped into shreds. Or like when Finn goes inside of Jake and wears him like a suit of armor. Right. Yeah. I was, was basically wearing Bunker like a suit of yeah. armor, but he was in control, not me. Hmm. Um, that's how I got are me. Pretty good friends. Are you friends with Bunker? What? Are you friends with Bunker? I wouldn't consider myself friends with him at this no, moment. He's no. he's mostly just an acquaintance and sometimes a big big nuisance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not a friend of his. Yeah. I mean, you know. He's just, he just does things. It's kind of like, I have a lot of, I have friends like this where you're still friends with them, but they just do things in a certain way. And you're like, why the fuck do you do things like that? Mm. Why do you got to be this way? You have a lot of people, you know, that try to abduct you every week. No, but I've got friends who are like good at manipulating. Yeah. You know how you have friends that just wear you down and I'm just naturally kind of like a, sure, I'll go along with that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, Like I've said before, I'm a very chill, cool guy. (laughs) Chill. Cool. Cool, sexy. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Smart. Smart. <laughs> um, Gives great eye, eye contact. Suave. Good listener. Um, toned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are all facts about me, baby. <laughs> but anyway, that's why I'm wearing this suit, Andy, and that's why I'm looking so dapper. Yeah, you look good. Thank you. Like I said, yeah. The whole back of it's ripped out, though. Yeah. Well... I just won't turn around. It's like a reverse hospital gown. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. Oh, no, wait, an actual hospital gown. Yeah. Yeah, you can see my ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I don't know why I thought that the hospital cold. gown would be open in the front. <laughs> Do you have your, <laughs> yeah. Andy, I, maybe I put it on backwards. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> I was like, why does everybody need to see See my dick. He's like, all right, you're all prepped for surgery. Oh my God. That's Christ. You put it on backwards, you dummy. (laughs) Your penis is hanging out. We're not doing surgery on your penis. Are you sure you're not? You say that's all your doctors? Yeah. One enlargement, please. (laughs) Um Andy, uh, so here we are again in the bunker, and we've got a 
we've got a fun we've got a fun theory yeah it's not a, a topic that i think bunkers had us explore very often it's mm-hmm. one but it's one that we've been needing to and it involves yeah it involves those damn pesky aliens. Aliens. Ooh. Oh, those aliens. Aliens. Even when it was the bears, I knew it was the aliens. <laughs> um, that's right, folks. Today on the on the Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, we are discussing the Iraq Stargate. Now, this is a fun theory filled with aliens, filled with the Bush administration. Political intrigue. Political intrigue. Uh, we're going to talk about our old friend Zachariah Stitchin a little bit. Uh, it's really, it's a fun one. Wouldn't it's a say? good one. Yeah. I, it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting hypothesis. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with you. Um, this is one that it's about time Bunker got us into something like this. That's right. Because we know this is, this is a cornerstone of his. Cornerstone. Uh, so let's not, Let's not dilly dally. Let's no. let's Andy. Let's set up listeners. We're going to set up a Stargate for you. This is Stargate Enchilada, and when you go through, you're going to be transported into a world where you're getting the whole enchilada on on this on this theory. Let's call it the enchilada hole instead of a Stargate. That's right. So let's prepare ourselves to step through this enchilada hole, and let's learn all there is to learn about the Iraq Stargate. Listeners and Andy, imagine, if you will, an ancient device capable of immense power. The power to instantaneously transport living humans from one location to another. And I'm not talking some measly distance, Andy. I'm talking between solar systems, between worlds. Now, my dear listeners and Andy, what if I told you that this device was real? I would say, of course, Art. It is the highly regarded science fiction television program, Stargate SG-1. (laughs) Yes, Andy. Thank you. But not just a piece of science fiction television held in high regard, but a real device on our very planet. That the USA, under the Bush administration, and under the guise of the Iraq War, tried to capture. The Bush administration? That's right. The Iraq War? Oh, geez. Let me go get my early 2000s new metal CDs. <laughs> Corn. Yeah. Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Andy, hold on to System of a Down. System of a Down. For just a minute. Okay. Because in order to understand why the Stargate is important and how it allegedly got here, we have to first get a little bit of background on our friends, the ancient Sumerians and the Anunnaki. That's right, Art. We know them. We love them. We've touched on them in previous episodes, and we'll continue to touch on them in future episodes, I'm sure. They're a big part of a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, the ancient uh, Sumerians were one of the earliest known civilizations. Uh, they, Their civilization was uh, centered around what's uh, modern-day Iraq. Um 
One thing that the Sumerians are famous for, aside from really having one of the very earliest cute, like sort of modernish civilizations, um, is their, uh, their texts written in cuneiform. We know a lot about the Sumerians because of their writing system. The cuneiform is an ancient uh, hieroglyphic script uh, that's a lot of people believe is one of the first systems of writing. And it's, it's certainly one of the earliest we know about. Um, another thing um, that the Sumerians are famous for, uh, especially with conspiracy theorists, is, right. is their polytheistic religion, meaning they worshipped a lot of different gods. Um, some of these deities they call the Anunnaki. High-ranking deities within their religion were Anunnaki. Anunnaki. These are like There's the top dogs. Yeah. Right. Uh, so a lot of uh, theorists, researchers, whatever you want to call them, believe that these Anunnaki were not just uh, theoretical religious beings, right. but were actual, factual, physical extraterrestrials who visited the ancient Sumerian people and uh, bestowed on them the gifts of civilization. Uh, these Anunnaki supposedly originated from their homeworld, which we know as Nibiru. That's right. And they bestowed upon them many gifts. Uh, they bestowed upon the ancient Sumerians many gifts of civilization, such as cuneiform and such as the Stargate. That's right, Andy, the Stargate. Among yep. many other inventions, one was a Stargate, allowing for incredible interplanetary transportation between Earth and the Anunnaki home planet of Nibiru. In some ancient Sumerian hieroglyphic depictions, you can see Sumerians praising a circular glowing object, which some believe is the Stargate. And the Stargate is just that, a large sort of ring object, sphere object, uh, in which the middle is filled with some kind of force field or who knows what, which allows for transportation when you step through it. But, Andy, when did all this hullabaloo about Sumerians and Stargates begin? Well, Lord Art, my good sir, have a spot of tea and let me regale you with a story. Oh, jolly good show. Art, <laughs> in the mid-1800s, the British first really started to uncover the great ancient Sumerian city of Ur. Later then, in the 1920s, the archaeologist Sir Charles Leonard Woolley uncovered a plethora of Sumerian artifacts at the site. Burial plots, pottery, jewelry, tombs of the kings and queens of ancient Sumeria, and the ziggurat. The ziggurat is a great stone temple, uh, really, it's a pyramid. Yeah. Uh, or it was a pyramid, I should say, uh, which theorists believe houses the Stargate. Now, here's where this story gets a little vague, because in 1932, Iraq gained independence from the British, and the archaeologists were forced to leave. The great Stargate was left alone. Well, till those damn Nazis started stirring up trouble. Oh, listeners. What kind of conspiracy theory would this be without aliens and Nazis? See, Iraqi sentiment towards the British wasn't exactly friendly. Even though Iraq had its independence, the British were still, you know, allowed to keep military bases, which 
was part of the treaty they signed for independence, but it was really a method to maintain control over that sweet, sweet Iraqi petroleum. So, yummy. <laughs> exactly, Andy. It's delicious. So fast forward a couple years and an Iraqi nationalist and anti-British prime minister was elected as leader of Iraq and those damn Nazis started stirring up trouble. They, along with their fascist Italian sidekicks, started promoting Iraqi nationalism and anti-British propaganda. And they started befriending key political figures in Iraq. This was all in the early years of World War II and eventually... Tensions rose and until the British finally ita- uh, attacked the Iraqi. I almost said attacked. I attacked Iraq. <laughs> I attacked Iraq. This began the Anglo-Iraqi War on May 2nd, 1941. So, naturally, Iraq looked to their fascist friends for support. Hitler and the Nazis gladly obliged. Those goddamn Nazis were no stranger to the occult or hunting alien tech. More on that in a future episode, listeners. That's right, Andy. You see, that dang jerk, Hitler, was all about setting himself up good in the Middle East. But luckily, he never got the chance to because the war lasted about a month and ended in favor of the Allied forces. The Brits maintained control of the region, you know, for that sweet, sweet oil. Sweet oil. And the Stargate remained hidden. For now. That's right. And it wasn't until the late 1980s when Saddam Hussein rose to power that the Iraqi government started to look into the Stargate. Okay, so allegedly, under the cover of restoring the Great Ziggurat Temple, Saddam assigned a team of scientists to work on restoring the Stargate. It took them around 20 years, and Saddam must have been getting close to restoring the Stargate because the CIA was watching. The CIA is privy to the inner workings of alien tech, as you know, as our listeners know. And using the 9-11 terrorist attacks as a cover, they had the Bush administration declare war with Iraq. Under the guise of harboring weapons of mass destruction, a.k.a. Stargates, question mark, maybe. Was it Stargates? Maybe. The U.S. went to war and has remained as a presence in Iraq ever since. Allegedly also maintaining control over the Stargate since the war. And that's where our story ends. Thank you for listening. Hang on there, Andy. Oh. I'm not letting you teleport through the Stargate of missing information. We have to give the listeners the whole enchilada on this Stargate business. Oh, geez. You're right, Art. A good uh, portion... Going on. A good portion of this theory comes from an article published in 2003 for Exopolitics, a website dedicated to Political Implications of the Extraterrestrial Presence by Dr. Michael Sala. The thesis of his paper is that compelling clandestine government organizations are struggling through proxy means to take control of ancient extraterrestrial technology that exists in Iraq in order to prepare prepare for an impending series of events corresponding to the prophesied return of an advanced race of ETs. Essentially, We went there to get the Stargate in order to communicate with the Anunnaki who are prophesized to someday return to Earth. Mm -hmm. Salah argues that the mainstream idea of why we went to war in Iraq, namely criticisms on U.S. imperialism and corporate interest, etc., etc., are not only wrong, but are limited in their understanding of U.S. foreign policy. Essentially, 
And listeners, I am not doing a Giorgio Sukalos bit here. Aliens. <laughs> That's right, That's Andy. A terrible impression. <laughs> that, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Salah's article states that extraterrestrial presence on Earth exists and that the clandestine areas of our government have withheld that information. He believes exopolitical or extra, extraterrestrial implications in politics gives a more comprehensive answer for the Iraq war. Salah's argument is based on the work of our good friend, friend of the show, yes, Zechariah Sitchin. <laughs> uh, Sitchin's work involved translating the Sumerian cuneiform tablets. His research is the basis for many Anunnaki theories, including his own book, Twelfth Planet, including uh, also that the Anunnaki, which in that book, I guess I should say, is where he establishes that the uh, Anunnaki visited the Sumerians and uh, gifted them with a lot of the advanced knowledge they possessed. Uh, Salah also cites the Nephilim referenced in the apocryphal book of Enoch, uh, another favorite topic of ours here, right? Um, who are essentially Anunnaki-type extraterrestrials that interbred with early humans. Uh, he also cites uh, there's a burgeoning number of individuals who can channel or be in telepathic communication with the Anunnaki. So, oh, I'm sorry, Andy. Oh, Go ahead. So, so, so listeners, let's bring you up to speed here so we can focus on the Iraq war. Essentially, Salah states that the high-ranking Anunnaki would have traveled via the Stargate and then shut it down after an unknown cataclysmic event caused them all to leave. Um you know, maybe going back to Zechariah Sitchin, the cataclysmic event was the revolt of the worker Anunnaki. Right. Uh, More on that if you want to check out uh, episode two, two of the show, <laughs> Human Evolution. We we kind of cover that in depth. Yeah. You can but we'll out. continue to cover it as well. Yeah. We'll, updates as they become available. Um, so there is a prophecy that the Anunnaki will one day return, possibly in the modern era. Going on that, Andy. One thought was that the whole, you know, remember the Mayan calendar scare mm -hmm, in 2012 yeah. was the return of the Anunnaki. But as we all know, all we got was that stupid John Cusack movie. That's right. Okay. So what's all this got to do with Iraq? Well, assuming that there is a Stargate in Iraq, then obviously the clandestine channels of the U.S. government would want to control said Stargate to continue keeping knowledge of extraterrestrials suppressed. At least this is all according to Salah. And if these Anunnaki ever returned, you better believe the U.S. wants to be the first to say what's up when they arrive so that they can all control the interaction between extraterrestrials and Earth. They also would want to be the first to gain that sweet, sweet elite Anunnaki knowledge and tech. Mm, I mean, why so wouldn't good. you? Right, Andy? That's right. Sala also cites many of the overturning of freedom of information initiatives during the Bush administration as further proof of this suppression of extraterrestrial information. The reluctance of France and Germany to pursue the Iraq war, according to Salah, is evidence that our clandestine governments are fighting their clandestine governments over extraterrestrial information and information regarding the Stargate. The French and Germans were hoping to ally with Saddam after he got the Stargate working again. Wow. Well, Art... Today we know that the Iraq War and much of our presence in the Middle East is a complicated, violent mess. We eventually caught Saddam and ended his reign in Iraq. 
Did we also catch some Anunnaki traveling through the Stargate? Will we one day uncover these clandestine areas of our government? Will the prodigal Anunnaki one day return? We can't know for sure, but perhaps the answer is in the stars above. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art and Andy. Hey, listeners. Um, Just wanted to let you guys know that we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. So if you feel so inclined... Feel free to email us at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Send us your your feedback. Send us comments. Send us questions. Send us stories about... Send us conspiracy theories that you want us to um, talk about on the show. Right, Andy? Yeah, right. Um, if you don't like email, hit us up on Twitter at Mr. Bunker Pod. That's right. Tweet at us. Tweet us your live reactions to the podcast as you That's, listen to it. Yeah. Tweet us your personal feelings about anything. Really? Uh, or anything that's covered in the podcast. Uh, that's true. Tweet at us uh, photos of your last vacation. Tweet at us <laughs> whatever you feel like. We'd love to interact with you. We love interaction. And speaking of which, if you're in, you've been enjoying the show, uh, we truly appreciate it. Thank and you Mr. for listening. Bunker, Truly appreciates it. If you feel so inclined, and I know a lot of podcasts say this, but it truly does help us out, leave us a review. Give us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Even if you hate it. Even if you hate it. I mean, preferably you'll like it, (laughs) but I mean, fair is fair. If you hate it, you hate it, and I'm not going to judge your reaction to that. (laughs) But especially, I mean, if you forget to rate it and you hate it, that's okay. You don't have to rate it if you hate it. But if you love it, rate it we would that would be great (laughs) it would be great it truly helps us out and you know what let's not take up any more of your time let's get back in all that hard-hitting action on mr bunker's conspiracy time podcast thanks listeners bye-bye welcome back listeners that was our research of the iraq stargate andy what do you think do we uh do we have a Stargate in Iraq? Do we uh did we try to con- take control over it? Is uh is everything we knew about the Iraq war just the fucking tip of the iceberg and we're looking at the 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 whole iceberg underneath this all? I don't know, Art. What do you think, my man? I'm I'm yeah. skeptical. Yeah, I am too. I'll say that I'll say that up front. Um as a little background, uh so the Ziggurat in Ur was uh built in what i think like the 21st century bce before the common era yeah and it was actually um it needed renovations even in like the 6th century bce it wasn't very good 
So, well, it just, I mean, it's, uh, it's a hot bit of activity. Anunnaki did a bad job. Lots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was an important structure for them. A lot of their high priests and important people are buried near it. This yeah. is not a fucking common, this is a huge fucking, you know, it's like a py- pyramid in Egypt. <laughs> well, and that too, but the, uh, you know, Iraq's been a place of uh, political upheaval for a long time since forever basically it's, you know the cradle the cradle of civilization so people have been killing each other over the middle east since the beginning of time yeah and and you know the sumerians were one of the very first civilizations that we have any kind of record of and you know it's they they didn't they didn't last forever so eventually people came in you know people don't have the same reverence for the structure um not a lot of I mean, if you go to the ancient astronaut theory, it's that a lot of deities that people worship are are extraterrestrials that visited Earth in the past. Right. But not everybody. The Nephilim. Yeah. But not everybody worships the, the Anunnaki. Right. You know what I mean? Like that didn't stick. Right. So I, I kind of feel like if there was a Stargate there, people, well, I guess maybe other civilizations didn't know how to use it. Maybe I'm being too, maybe I'm rushing to judgment here. True. Maybe. There could be other Stargates as well. We're not sure. Uh, yeah. We might have one. The U.S. might have one. Yeah. Under control by the uh, clandestine government. Yeah. And other places might have one. If there was one, it probably makes sense that it's in the Middle East somewhere near Jer- Jerusalem or any of these like hotbeds of time. <laughs> yeah. These hotbed cities. It's like, because that's, of course, where it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> It's just like, I do think though, like we have to point out some of the, okay, there's some logical holes in this idea that, I mean, let's be honest. It's like Salah is basing this whole article and everything off of like just Stitchin's work and a few others who basically just say that they think the Anunnaki, um, weren't deities but extraterrestrials right he's saying this because he's translated tons of cuneiform and he is a expert i guess on the culture but he is just saying that he thinks that they're deities there's no proof that they or that they're not deities that they're beings well, and a lot of uh, Zechariah Sitchin's work was discredited by mainstream science. You're right. Whatever you want to make of that is, right. your, is your prerogative. But, but the, he's basically saying that everything else for the Iraq war was hullabaloo. Right. It's really about aliens. Right. There's an alien. That's the whole thing. There's an alien reason for all political interaction. There's an alien reason, which I think is kind of overlooked. <laughs> overlooking all the other stuff which you can see in history which was oil you know what's in oil and corporate interest (laughs) yeah you know what's interesting though is that um we obviously went to war with iraq with um pretty good global support in the early 90s right 1991 the first gulf war and they didn't pursue that further they didn't go to baghdad right when they could have that was a big that was a big thing for the clinton um, campaign was that he didn't, yeah. right? Yeah, president, or was, or was it Bush? Yeah, Bush had a Bush had a mandate from 
the globe when they went out and asked for support. And uh, it wasn't to go into Iraq. It was to it was to free Kuwait. Yeah, but wait, was this during Clinton's presidency or first Bush? First Bush. Oh, right, 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 yeah. That was a big thing about him, that he didn't go into Baghdad. Right, right. Yeah, that... that Listeners, I'm a little too... Uh, I wasn't alive. Wait, yes, I was. No, you were born in 1992. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember when I was born. But that was... <laughs> so I was born during the Clinton... Presidency. Uh, no. Bush was just about to get out. Well, you were in the last full year of his yeah his term. All right. Okay. Regardless, I don't. The election. Was I don't really remember any president, uh, besides H. W. or George W. That's the only president you remember. That's the first one I started. I don't about. remember any other presidents. Only George W. Bush. Right. Um. But that was that was the thing. George H.W. Bush did not have a mandate to go into Iraq. That wasn't what they signed up for. So even though they could have, they didn't. Um, some people kind of criticized him for that, that they could have, oh, you know, spared whatever. But right. You could that have prevented the, it or yeah. snipped it in the bud in a way. Um, right? But what what's interesting is that the, the ziggurat got damaged during the first Gulf War. That's right. Uh, there were like bomb craters uh, from aerial bombings, bombardments that happened. Uh, so it uh, also, uh, the walls outside, which uh, Saddam's government restored, uh, those restored walls, like the the they built the exterior that's there now. Um, the walls have something like 400 bullet holes in them. Jesus. So, so... Why would, why would the clandestine government bomb and damage the area where? I mean, yeah. Why get why get close enough? Because the idea is that the clandestine government actually runs it. Why would they? Wouldn't they say something to H.W. Bush that and be hey, like, "You got to push this." Yeah, and don't fuck up the ziggurat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like if you because there's a Stargate underneath it. If you think that the clandestine government is so. Like if we go like deep, real deep state here yeah. and say that the clandestine government, the CIA actually wants this and they're pushing for it. And H.W. Bush is just kind of like, no, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't, I don't want to go into Iraq. Like maybe they're not telling him. They're like, you need to go all the way to Baghdad. Like you need to take out Saddam. Right. Like we need to control this country. And he says, no, 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 that's not what, I don't want to do that. We're not going to do that. Right. And then. You know, really what they want is to get control of that Stargate. And who wouldn't? Why wouldn't the U.S. want to be the first to meet with fucking ETs? And you fucking know. I mean, that makes sense to me. If there's a country that wants to be fucking first when it comes to meeting aliens, studying aliens, and having sex with aliens, it is the U.S. of A, baby. baby. We want to be first to fuck those aliens. We got to the moon, and (laughs) so help us God. We are going to make the first Anunnaki Whether you human believe we actually through sex. Went to the moon or not, if we fucking cheated our way there. We will fucking be first. Right. Really, I mean, when you think about it, like, that, I believe that. If there's, sure. If there is a country that wants to be number one, when, or even if we have to lie about it, yeah. like, we're going to be number one when it comes to fucking aliens and meeting aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the first dude to have sex with an alien? 
is going to be an American. American, yeah. No one else is going to, everyone's going to be like, I don't think we should fuck them. And then the American's going to be like, I don't know. Does it have a buzzy? I'm going to fuck it. <laughs> I feel like it would be. I'm going to fuck that alien. It would be a Southern guy. <laughs> you know, I'll just say it. I feel bad shitting on them because I think Southern people are sometimes tend to be a lot more. They're a lot. They're friendly. They're friendly. They're hospitable. They're a lot lovely. more hospitable than me. They're lovely people. But it's just a fun affectation. It would be a man from Southern listeners. It's not Southern. He would be a man from Florida. (laughs) It would be a man from Florida. Let's just get... That would be the headline. Let's drill down. I don't want to cast aspersions on the entire American Florida man catches space AIDS by fucking first alien. (laughs) Like, that would be the headline. Yeah. Florida man would be patient zero. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's just... That alien looked at me. I was kind of drunk and I just... I don't know. Wanted to fuck that alien. <laughs> Although in this scenario, the aliens are just sort of like hanging out with regular people. Like, yeah, not. Well, like if you look, if you take like a district nine kind of. Like, have you seen district nine? Yeah, of course not. Listeners. Andy has seen maybe two movies in his entire life. <laughs> the beach boys documentary movie or. The made for TV movie in American band. Uh, and maybe one Was other movie. TV? Probably. Um, in District 9, the theory is that it's basically like sort of Stitchin's theory where in South Africa and uh, other places in the world, but it takes place in South Africa, um, these aliens come to visit us and we think that they're going to be like, oh my God, it turns out they're like these poor refugees mm. from like a war and they're n- they're sick. None of them have skills and um, they're they're like they're refugees, so they get set up in like this shitty shanty town mm. outside of Cape or Johannesburg in South Africa. Yeah, and that's the whole story. But you know, someone is having sex with those fucking aliens. <laughs> yeah, like you for know, sure. Especially if it's that kind of scenario. Oh yeah, like that's probably like like alien prostitution would probably be. Oh yeah, like a popular pastime in that area. Oh, great pastime. Yeah, that and baseball. Um, either way, you swing your wooden bat. Regardless, I mean, I, I think the U.S. would be, want to be number one. We, we're going to meet aliens first, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so shut up, rest of the world. <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just don't think, though, that you can throw to the side all the other things that happened during the Iraq war and why it existed, though, right? Like, you can't just, I mean, at least say that, like, there were corporate interests from corporations that I don't know, yeah. like to say that that all doesn't explain the whole thing. It's like, it kind of does though. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, there weren't weapons of mass destruction. There was, unless they meant the Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> Question mark. I um, know. I don't know. It's, it, it, but it's star. Yeah. Also, everyone kind of assumes that these aliens all have more advanced tech that, when aliens are going to meet us, they're going to be more brilliant than us. They're going to know things more than us. And it's like, why? Why? Yeah. Why are they always stronger and smarter than us? What if there's a world where these aliens are, what if the aliens are like, what if the aliens are like, yeah, I'm going to be the first to fuck a human. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm human. I think I think that we think that because we think about how we do space travel here, where we send 
our best and brightest. People like you and me can't get into space I've without a lot of money. I've tried. And we don't have a lot of money. Yeah. But like NASA's not going to send us. We're not going to go on official missions. I guess that's a good point though, Art. And I just made this myself. So good point to me <laughs> um, is that if, if space tourism catches on here, why wouldn't it catch on yeah, other worlds that right. already have space travel? So we could maybe just get tourists and they're like, oh, I want to go to Earth. Yeah. And the the classic Midwestern family shows up to Earth through the Stargate. Yeah. You know, some vacation intergalactic. Overweight fucking and their little bullshit kids who don't listen. They're wearing fanny packs and hats and they're taking <laughs> photos of everything. They're lost. They got a big ass map. They're like, <laughs> you know, like in their alien language. And it's like fucking ancient Sumerians are like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, What are you talking about? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. The ziggurat's over there. I don't know what you want. <laughs> There's actually this really interesting, um, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a copy pasta. I guess it's more of like an online fan fiction or story. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've read this, but I might have mm-hmm. brought it up to you. Listeners, actually, if you have any information on this, I forgot to look it up. Listeners, will you do our work for us? I forgot to research it, but it's basically this idea that um, in the in the fan fiction that aliens, there's there are alien civilizations, and these alien civilizations have all for for some reason or another received the ability for um hyper like uh space travel far before we have. And so in this scenario, all the aliens show up, they have hyper travel, but they are technologically uh far below us. So in in this story, it's like these aliens show up and they're trying to they're trying to start a war with us. And they're trying to fight us, but they're fighting us with like fucking primitive weapons. And they have these, they have like hyperdrives and stuff, but that's that's all they have. In this parallel universe, it's like the Earth, for some reason or another, hasn't developed hyperdrives yet, but these alien civilizations have. It's a really neat, like kind of take on the, on the sci-fi world. And so they're fighting us, but we are just fucking obliterating them because we have guns and we have all these things and we have bombs. And it's like they're showing up and fighting us with sticks and stones. And I think the story also kind of gets into this weird kind of human ideal where the aliens kind of remark that humans don't quit. Like human beings are just like this fucking race of people who are like so arrogant. Like it's like it's almost like we just don't quit. Like humans don't give up. We're not, we don't morally, it's a really neat story. Um, if I find it, I will try to include it in the show notes. Okay. Um, what do you take on that though? I, I think it's interesting though, because we always think of every alien movie all the time. It's always, they're more advanced than us. They're stronger than us. They're better than us. I mean, it's, except for Independence Day where Will Smith and um, Jeff Goldblum beat up aliens by hacking a, their alien spaceship through a, a, a Mac Apple II computer, you know? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum and his iMac. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, fucking hacks an alien spaceship, and that's how we beat them. We're just, we're just more cunning than them. Doesn't what? matter that you blew up the White House. <laughs> What's Randy Quaid yelling in that movie? I'm back, boys! <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't know he was in that movie. Yeah, he flies the like, he's the disturbed like former pilot. Oh, it's been a while since or I've the, seen Independence or the, Day. Or the guy who was like, I don't know, impacted by the aliens. 
He's that guy who's like, I've had experiences with aliens my whole life. Oh. <laughs> like, that's the kind of guy he is in that movie, yeah. I think. I don't know. I just think, I don't think we should constantly assume that aliens are going to be stronger and better than us. I think that's a bullshit take. I think, I think if we look at human civilization, there are really exceptional human beings and there's a lot of fucking stupid idiots. I mean, you're listening to two of them right here. Two of them right on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, here's my question though about this uh about this uh, fictional this fictional world how how did this alien civilization acquire uh hyper travel technology they were uh, gifted this by it might have been gifted more advanced it, they didn't develop it it might they might have just developed it maybe it's just that like their civilization is just different from ours maybe in their civilization they're unified and they just focus on that they just focus on hyper or what did you call it hyper hyper, hyper travel so that's what you're talking like faster than the speed of light, right? Yeah, like drift. Or it doesn't have to be faster than the speed of light. You can think of maybe they developed the technology for to freeze stasis. themselves, stasis. Maybe they developed the technology for a million different things. But I think I think the thing, the reason that a lot of people assume that aliens would have more technology is because those are pretty advanced concepts to right. us. So, because you kind of have to ask that if they, I mean, and who knows. I, they could have evolved differently. Their life styles could be different. I mean, especially where stasis is concerned, if they could, um, you know, more easily just, you know, like there are creatures on earth who just kind of go into stasis. Right. Frogs. Yeah. Like they sleep under the ice when the pond freezes over and then they Bears. just awaken when it comes up. If, Fish. if they could, if they had a way just more naturally to do that. Right. Maybe that would be easy, but then it's still the issue of, how long it would take to travel here in a spacecraft. So you have to assume that it's in some level, this, this is a race of aliens has a working knowledge of the physical laws of the universe. So there's at least some science being done. Um, I guess to your point, if they lived in a peaceful, unified global society, unlike right. we do, maybe the need for development of weapons isn't there. Right. Maybe they would never have thought about it. Right. But it sort of begs the question about why would they come to Earth then to start a war? Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe we started it with them. I don't I wish I looked up the fucking oh. fan fiction before we started talking about it. <laughs> maybe we started it with them. Who knows? Uh <laughs> that sounds like something we'd do. Yeah. If we're not fucking them, we're fighting them, right? Fucking or fighting need two Fs. These are the two rules you get, aliens. You come down to Earth, you're either fucking us or you're fighting us. That's it. Yeah, that's right, aliens. You fuck us. <laughs> we just lay there. We take it. That's what we like on Earth. <laughs> the human way. Uh, I think it's an. But here, here's I'll the general idea. It's interesting. The idea that aliens aren't more so much more advanced it's, than us that they would just fucking wipe us out. Right. You're saying. You're saying. You're put them you're, on our level. You're presenting this as an alternate to the. Uh, the Stephen Hawking idea of the anthill that extraterrestrial civilizations, assuming that they could travel here, wouldn't even bother with Earth because there's absolutely nothing here that would interest them. Right. It's like walking in the walking on a sidewalk and you walk past an ant colony. You don't stop and think about the ants. You might crush them with your foot. You might totally miss them completely. It doesn't matter. You don't focus on it. You're not. Right. You're too. You have. You're way beyond that. And this, you're presenting this as like an alternate to that. Right. That in fact, these aliens would not be completely 
technologically superior in every facet. Right. And maybe what their big claim to fame is they have a Stargate. Yeah. So alien Elon Musk made a fucking yeah. Stargate. Uh, yeah, we bought this thing off of uh, Spicy Bay. And, uh, Spicy Bay? Uh, Spicy Bay. And uh, I'll tell you what, we just jump, jump in and see what happens. Oh, well, you see, what happened was is we went back in time and we uh, we met up with them uh, Sumerian folks. Them iron your knockies. Uh, man and knock- Wait, man. are we aliens or are we people? Both. <laughs> oh, we're both? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know what bit we were doing. Here we are. <laughs> Who are Who am I? I'm an alien. Oh, boy. Anyway, I'm back in time and I'm in with them uh, Sumerians and we gave them a uh, Stargate, but then them, uh, they broke it. They broke that damn Stargate. Did I know how much that thing cost you? Days of life. Oh, the cycle for you know what? You make a good point, though, right now, Art. Uh, if there is a Stargate in ancient Sumeria, and there was functional at some point, and there were other Stargates perhaps on Earth. If we had access to that Stargate, we don't know how to use it. No. You know what I mean? Like if we if it was functional and we just used it, human beings who were not technologically advanced, ancient Sumerians, would have just gone through the Stargate to Nibiru. Well. And so the Anunnaki to them, it would have been like, oh, there's this chump and yeah. like if they started something, they would, you know, put it down. But if if that happened in the reverse, you know, some other world, and it linked up to Earth, who knows? A extraterrestrial that's like a an early human who doesn't have any technology might just wander into the through the Stargate. Yeah, I mean, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Don't sorry. get all choked up. I got an alien. Uh, I got alien lung. I got bunk funk. Bunk funk. Yeah. Um. Bunk, 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 bunk. Hey, what kind of music do you like? I like bunk, bunk. bunk, bunk. <laughs> I like funk rock. I like funk rock. Uh, I, I also think that with a lot of alien conspiracies, they always have an answer for everything. And their answer to that is that only the elite Anunnaki were allowed to use the Stargate. The other Anunnaki had rocket-propelled right, devices right, by right. which they could travel. Of course. And yeah. that is why. And of course, like, we don't understand what the cataclysmic event is, why it happened. Uh, they left and the Stargate doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Obviously, either we haven't gotten it to work yet or uh, they do and they're just keeping it under wraps. Maybe that's what this hyperloop they keep talking about is, right? Yeah. You, you've heard about the hyperloop. Mm-hmm. That they're trying to develop. Yeah. Maybe that's the them taking Stargate technology. And because don't you think that, like, for the listeners who don't know, the Hyperloop is basically an underground tunnel where a train, essentially a train, let's call it a train, a capsule. Yeah. Would travel at uh, like super high speeds. Uh, and it's like you could get from what, New York to LA in like an hour? Yeah. Half an hour or something? Yeah. And it's it's like what maglev or it's like a frictionless. It's a frictionless kind of, surface, yeah, with magnets essentially, yeah. and you're just being propelled. And somehow, I don't know, fuck through physics, your body in the capsule isn't crushed under the immense force, of right? Traveling that fast, right. I don't know. Fucking. It launches you, and you get younger while you travel. Like you get, you come out an what? hour later, and it's like you only aged a half an hour. <laughs> 
Oh, jeez. No, I don't, I don't know. know that. Oh. I don't know that. I'm just making no, that up. F- fuck you, dude. That's like light speed travel, though. Yeah. Well, that's the faster the theory you approach is, the yeah. age slower. You can go out into space, and if you traveled around in a circle in space, you'd be younger than mm-hmm. the people back on Earth. Yeah. Um, which is what I want to do <laughs> to de-age myself, Andy, and get rid yeah. of my wrinkles. Yeah. Can you get rid of my stretch marks? I tried beef toxin. It didn't work for me. Beef toxin? Yeah, Botox. Oh. <laughs> bovine toxin. You mean like... Um, they call it Botox because bovine toxin sounds like it's... Uh, is that know, really what it's called? Cattle disease. That's what it is. Oh, wow. I knew it was like a poison. Yeah. Bovine toxin. Botox. You're not talking about like um, beef broth or... Uh, <laughs> Just... Bone, like taking bone... No. Bone marrow. No, I'm not talking about injecting beef stock into my skin <laughs> to get rid of my wrinkles. <laughs> Jeez. My fucking motel surgeon, uh, he sold me, my motel doctor. Oh, boy. I asked he for Botox. All he had was my... beef stock. <laughs> I mean, I look good, but he didn't have to baste me in butter, boy. Every time I sweat, it smells delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Andy. I, I just... There's no physical evidence whatsoever. This is 100%. This is a theory based 100% on speculation. Um, it And it makes it difficult for me as a skeptic and a person who like who feeds into logic to uh, follow this stuff. It's fun to think about, don't you think? Yeah, I do think it's fun to think that there's some sort of portal to another world but uh i also think though that it it lessens the i guess it doesn't but in a way Mm -hmm. it kind of absolves people of their judgment for going into war maybe not maybe i'm thinking too critically into it i think it's just saying that the reason we went it's not excusing the war but it's saying the reason we went there is to get control of the stargate yeah not to get control of oil not to influence middle eastern politics to our liking not to do anything like that right yeah like all these uh seemingly legitimate reasons that uh our government might have and that history also sort of bears out that (laughs) people do this a lot in the middle east you know what's interesting about the middle east uh obviously um this story on the stargate starts with the british control of iraq right uh and the british archaeological efforts into looking at the ziggurat um, Britain gained control of Iraq after World War One. Uh, the Ottoman Empire got broken up, uh, and that all got established um, after the after World War One. Right. And the French and the British kind of just carved up the Middle East, and you know they they drew all these artificial borders and stuff. They, Things that didn't exist naturally due to religion or tribe or yeah, whatever. Yeah, people had already organized themselves in ways that made sense. So. It's like a lot of this chaos in the Middle East that we see today or what we call chaos is kind of because the British and the French really fucked it up basically yeah. after the world after World War 1 and a lot of a lot of um people from the Middle East um leaders came to Washington to ask um the US president for help uh before the second world war like in those intervening years between world's wars 1 and 2 right and the president basically said, I don't want to get involved. Right. And so it's like we had an opportunity probably to treat with Britain and France and maybe help these people get 
help people in the Middle East get independence. And our government was like, eh, we don't want it. And then right. so it's interesting that now then, 80 years later, <laughs> here we are setting up our own uh, imperial sort of reach into Iraq. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's not much else to say. Yeah. I... I mean, there's not there's not a lot of evidence, like you said. the 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 real evidence is that article, uh, by Dr. Sala, and you know, it is more of a speculative thing than it is anything, right? That that, and it's based on, you know, his thinking is based a lot on the work of Zechariah Sitchin, which, depending on what you believe in, a lot of uh, mainstream scientists had problems with Sitchin's work that. They don't think that he interpreted the cuneiform correctly, uh, that he was sort of arbitrary in his assignment of uh, what I want to say, uh, solar system objects to the deities. Right. Because those were established in a lot of by a lot of different people in the same way. And it's very consistent. And then his are the ones that are aberrant. Um, and just that a lot of you, he reached, you know, what? Modern, what a lot of mainstream scientists would call faulty conclusions, right? In his work, um, the the you know supposed trajectory of Nibiru and where it sits, that I mean, it would almost never have sunlight, uh, because it's so far out in the solar system and its orbit is so uh unusual. So there's snow aliens. Yeah, there's snow aliens. There's snow aliens like snow <laughs> show aliens like no aliens I know. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like the what I think that we read before that if Nibiru actually was in the solar system, it could only make like two revolutions around the sun before it would like slip out of the gravitational hold right of the solar system because it's it's uh it's it's orbit is so irregular right um so i mean it, sure basing your uh basing it on sitchin's work i don't know it just doesn't it doesn't get you off on the right foot i don't think no i mean it's one thing if you want to take those ideas but it's like i don't know this is like this is like doubling down on such yeah, work. It's saying like it's factual and it's fa therefore <laughs> it proves. I mean, clearly Sala is a, uh, is an improviser cause he yes. ended the fuck wow. out of, he started Zachary a website. Sitchin. Yeah. He started a journal. Yeah. He went hard. <laughs> you can check out his website. He's got tons of articles on yeah. how it's all about aliens. But, but, but I think one thing Maybe I he'll become a segment. You know, on one thing, I, one thing I come back to about the ziggurat though, is that it, it was kind of destroyed. Right. Like it's hard to, it's hard for me to understand. Cause I don't know the workings of the Stargate, how the Stargate survived the thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, of, we don't even know like what happened after the Sumerians, who else fucked around with the Stargate? Right. Yeah. It just kind of, it's like, well, Anyway, like, in 19... It's like the Sumerians, and then it's like, then there would have been Assyrians in charge, and Persians, and it's like, there would have been so many different people that were in administratively in charge yeah. of the area that is Iraq now. So we have to believe... Romans. Romans. The Romans. <laughs> Caligula fucked upon the Stargate. He had a wild orgy. He, he Nero. Caesar would not put his whole body into the Stargate, but merely 
put his dick into it. <laughs> and his dick appeared on another world. Eh to Stargate. Eh to Nibiru. Of course, as we all know, all Romans had British accents. <laughs> they weren't fucking Italians. Oh, I put my ding dong into the Stargate. Mamma mia, I want to fuck me a Stargate. Ooh. <laughs> put my salam in the Stargate. <laughs> you know, you ever have a little bit of that gabagoo with the Anunnaku? And a little bit of Nibiru? Hey, Anunnaki, you want some brochute? I got a little gabagoo here. <laughs> Oh, the ancient Romans. Oh, they were a delight. They were fun. Um, what were you saying? Yeah, so we're supposed to believe that after the Sumerians, every other fucking culture that ever came through there up until the early 1900s when the or the British gained control like in the 1800s sometime, right? They they first started fucking around in there and then... Oh, the 1900s. After World War One. That's when they first gained control of it, or did they have a presence in Iraq before that? Because I feel like I was reading that they had a presence in Iraq. Well, before maybe that. they had a presence before that. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm an idiot, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you're more well read on history than I am. That's Thank for you. Sure. I am the smart one. Yes. Um, that's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like being the smartest fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. There's only two of us, so I would be the smarter looking idiot. Yeah. Anyway, so we're supposed to assume that every single civilization that came after the Sumerians didn't fuck around with the Stargate, didn't break the Stargate, didn't just like didn't turn it on accidentally. <laughs> like like they were renting it out at an Airbnb or something. You know, I mean you almost have to think that the Ziggurat would have been um a key candidate for like repurposing, right? Because right. Because you're not gonna, you're generally not gonna militarily take over a place is also and adopt their religion in graffiti. It's covered in like cuneiform and other writing. It's like you know, it's like anything else. Yeah, it's been it's been reworked. Right, it's not an original piece of something. Yeah, well, like I said, they they it was like built in the like 21st century, right? And then they had to redo it again in the 6th century. So. At that point, it, the top parts of it didn't even exist anymore. Right. So maybe that's where the antenna goes. Yeah, yeah. The Stargate antenna. So, so the the, <laughs> the this neo Babylonian empire that existed briefly, uh, that king rebuilt the ziggurat, and it's like he didn't know what it was supposed to look like. Right. So I don't know if there was a Stargate in it, how would it have survived, and how do we know that? Even today, that it would be, the pieces would be there. That it wasn't looted, or, um, you know, I, I just I don't know. There's there's so many unanswered questions. That how did this one piece of which presumably there would be a lot of technology associated with it? Maybe. How, uh, yeah, I don't know. But how did it just maintain for all those years? Like it just did. It, it, it's a big unanswered question. I think if you asked. Any of these folks, fine folks that we get our research from, they would say, well, it's alien tech. Right. It's more advanced. It doesn't deteriorate. Durable. It's, it's durable. It's, but, but still, alien technology could still be looted. Yeah. Like a lot of historical sites have been looted of, yeah, of valuable antiquities. The city of Ur is no stranger. No stranger to, <laughs> to looting. Yeah. I mean, there are probably 
There are probably lots and lots of art collections that people have, private art collections throughout the world that have antiquities that were completely stolen <laughs> from Babylonian cities. And <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because one of the videos that will be linked in the show notes, um, they reference a different archaeologist who, who did a lot of the work in the city of Ur. So we talked about Sir Charles Woolley, but this other video talks about a archaeologist named Ernst Hertzfeld. Mm-hmm. And he's a German archaeologist, and he was kicked out after uh, Iraq gained its independence, just like Woolley was. But the video randomly says that he was disgraced because he had been dealing in antiquities. Oh, sure. So it's like, okay, so he's compromised. Yeah, he was stealing things. He was stealing things and selling them. He was he was nicking important artifacts. But apparently that was like, I don't remember, like... That was not true or something else. No, so who fucking knows? Slander. Slander because, you know, and then obviously he was sent. And then randomly the video talks about how he was sent to Auschwitz. Oh. And died there. Oh. So. Okay. It's not. Uh, oh. It doesn't really end on a happy note. No, that's uh, <laughs> a bad ending. Yeah. But it was a great segue for the video to get into German and Nazis and how they have a part in all of this. Yeah. I mean, did the Germans want to... Uh, align themselves well within the Middle East because they're big fans of the occult. They obviously were. That Those are upcoming episodes. Yeah. Nazis I, love the occult. Yeah. Hitler was a big occult guy, big alien tech guy. You know, we can talk about the viral society. We can talk about the Thule society. Yeah. I, I mean, you just don't know with the Nazis at this point. Or like, did he want to ally himself yeah. with his neighbors to the south, I guess, right? Yeah, because, I mean, Hitler's whole plan was a global domination. So yeah. at some point, he had to find opportunities because, obviously, the Nazis themselves couldn't couldn't well attack every place in the world and hold it effectively right. against all those So and they needed people on their side. Hitler was a big fan of Islam, actually. Yeah. He was a big he was big into oh, I never heard this before. Yeah, you can look it up. His his Okay. What? I'm going to go look it up. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, he was he was like a, he was a big proponent of nationalism obviously and he was yeah. he was big in into furthering that their propaganda amongst the the Middle East. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe this is just uh Maybe it's a more just natural kind of fit for the Nazis. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's more of a, they needed political allies. Maybe it's more of a political thing than it is a, a, a an occult or an extraterrestrial thing. Right. Although uh, there's obviously a lot of stuff that the Nazis were doing that they, uh, I mean, where it's obvious that they were seeking something like extraterrestrial stuff. Uh, in a, it says here, if you look up the Wikipedia article, relations between Nazi Germany and the Arab world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first section is Hitler's views on Arab uh, and Islam. In speeches, Hitler made apparently warm references towards Muslim culture, such as the people of Islam will always be closer to us than, f- for example, France. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then he kind of gets into his, uh, his kind of racist. Of course, Hitler, who... His whole thing was hating on Jewish people would hate kind of their, you know, the the Jewish people's <laughs> historical kind of 
right. rivals. Right, right. <laughs> anyway. So it was kind of so 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 it's like an anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um I like you guys affinity. That, yeah, the enemy is we my both, enemy yeah. is my friend. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. That's again, that's a, a disgusting ending, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know cuz it, it doesn't seem like there's no evidence of this Stargate. I mean, it's not like Sitchin's work was um just restating of like rehashing something old. You know, it was like he and Eric Von Daniken Daniken were kind of um groundbreaking in that sense, this ancient astronaut thought. So I don't know, maybe maybe Hitler had that on the mind, but Right. Sadly, it sounds like it's probably just anti Semitism. Yeah. Which <laughs> Which when you think of Hitler, do you really always think of that? Yeah. <laughs> I guess Hmm. What's the first thing that comes to my mind? <laughs> Those damn Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, Andy, we should go into our final verdicts here on the Stargate nestled deep within Iraq, uh, hidden from the world. Inserted so deep in... <laughs> To the cavity of a rock. Really hitting that fucking G-spot deep within Iraq's core. G-spot, uh, yeah, the uh, the good spot <laughs> to hide a Stargate. Yeah. Uh, you want me to go first? That's Z-spot. Z-spot. Ziggurat Z-spot. spot. Ziggurat spot. Oh, boy, I'm going to need a ziggurat after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after having sex with my first alien, I smoked a couple of cigarettes <laughs> in bed. The alien asked me not to, but whatever, I'm American. Whatever, I don't give a shit if the sign said no smoking. We got a no smoking room. I've only burned down two or three houses smoking in bed. I have a problem. Help me. Addicted to alien sex. I'm addicted to alien sex and smoking in bed. Man, that's going to be funny too when we meet the first alien and there's also going to be the first person to become addicted to alien porn <laughs> and alien sex. Yeah. Jeez. It's going to blow up. Yeah. It's going to be a huge category on Pornhub. Yeah, yeah, it probably will be. I can't wait for the alien incest porn. Oh, that's what comes after. Yeah. Brother alien discovers <laughs> sister alien, fuck sister alien near Stargate. <laughs> fuck through a Stargate. Brother, brother alien, uh, son alien fucks human stepmom while alien dad... <laughs> Is away at nursing school. Oh, what? <laughs> I you can say, well, Alien Dad watches <laughs> through the Stargate. Through the Stargate. He can't do anything about it, but he can see through. No! <laughs> <laughs> I like how he's like, fucking, well, my, or like, Barney. My human wife. <laughs> yeah, the alien race is just all Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. <laughs> Man, these aliens are horny. <laughs> yeah, they are. They can't get enough. Jeez. Jeez. All right, Andy. Give me your thoughts on the Stargate. I just don't find it plausible or yeah. not plausible. It's not plausible for me. Because here's the thing. All the like, all the non-far out suggestions about why we went to war in Iraq just make so much more sense. Right. Like corporate interests and uh, political scores to be settled and um, greed 
there's not even photos like at least with some conspiracy theories you get like like with area 51 or roswell or anything there's at least like something something a shred a shred they don't even know what the stargate looks like they're just assuming it based off of a fucking tv show yeah yeah like and there's there's one thing like one of the tablets in the cuneiform yeah. shows a circle with a star in it and the people praising it. It's like, yeah, must be a Stargate. Yeah. It's a hard, not plausible for me as well. Yeah. I'm not going case closed because rarely do we ever get to a case closed. Cause you well, and I are eternal optimists. Well, I wouldn't say that. I think we've had a couple episodes okay. where you go to case closed a lot more often than I've me. done it at least twice. I yeah, think I never go case closed. Um, I did it on, I did it on Roanoke Island for sure. Oh, yeah. I said case closed. I never go case closed because I don't want to look like a freaking dummy if this turns out to be true. I already look like one, so I don't give a shit if I look ooh, like a bigger one. Uh, but if they do, it's me, Al Pacino. Uh, if I if for the Stargate. <laughs> hey, uh, you want uh, the scent of an alien? Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. Uh, if they do find that Stargate, I'm gonna be like, called it. <laughs> Freaking didn't Why? say it wasn't a possibility. You said not plausible. Yeah, but I didn't say not possible. Mm. I didn't either. Yeah, I said I not know. plausible. I know, but I'm going to be like, called it. You really have to put that affectation on called it? it? Called it. Called it. <laughs> yeah. Would you go see the Stargate? Would I go to see it? Yeah. I might. That's kind of yeah, cool. Maybe. The warfare situation improves. <laughs> well, I'm not going now. Yeah, that's true. I would take a Stargate. I would fucking take a Stargate to work for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm mainly looking to get a matter transporter to oh just God. drop me in the office. Better commute? Are you kidding me? Do you really want that kind of access to your office, though? At that point, I would just be like, why aren't I working from home? Yeah, exactly. You could just step in and out of a Stargate. Yeah. Stargate would be cool as hell, though. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that you'll Listeners, take the Hyperloop? Wait, what were you going to say? Listeners, if you know about where the Stargate, where a Stargate is, let us know and we'll check it out with you. Yeah. Hashtag. uh, Come check out my Stargate. (laughs) Great hashtag. Yeah. Um, Would I take the Hyperloop? Yeah. I think I would, too, if they cleared it. I mean, I already take a screaming metal death trap to work that's piloted by somebody else. Yeah. Who I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the only filled with. Random people who I don't know. You know what? Air travel is mostly very safe. And that's a lot more... That's dangerous, right? Very. Yeah, but, I mean, you're just in the air. So, like, I mean, to me, like you said, if it's a vetted technology and it's proven to be relatively safe, sure. I mean, if there was, like, a 25% chance that I would die on the Hyperloop, I probably wouldn't take it. No, I wouldn't either. But if it's under 1%, probably consider it. I'd probably take it. I mean, that can't be worse than an airplane. Yeah. Or the train. Yeah. The train's probably higher. You think? I bet a lot more people die on trains every no. year than die in airplanes. Really? That's what I'm, I'll put my money on it. All of it. Okay. I'm all in. <laughs> um. Well, listeners, that was our discussion and our research. That was the whole enchilada on the Iraq Stargate. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on the email. Hit us up on Twitter at Mr. Bunker Pod. Hit us up on Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Uh, the email address, by the way, is Mr. Bunker Pod at gmail.com. Right. 
And you can find this all on our website, Mr. Bunker Conspiracy, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time.com. Um, just up on there. All episodes are available wherever fine podcasts are sold and also on our website. So uh yeah. If you're listening to this, you probably already knew that. That's okay. That's okay. Tell somebody who doesn't know. Yeah, tell somebody who doesn't share know. the knowledge. Like we're sharing the knowledge with you. And I think that's it, Andy. So uh for the titular, unless you have any last remarks. I don't. Okay. <laughs> that is the formal process. <laughs> so noted. Uh, recorded in the minutes. Uh, <laughs> seconded. Speaking of minutes, we got to get out of here. Uh, so for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my daring co-host, Ooh. Andy Hart, I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Yummy. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.